Well, glory be to God. Are you glad to be here tonight? Amen. As you're seated, why don't you greet the person next to you and CIA, you are dismissed. Have a great service tonight. Well, like pastor said, tonight we're going to be talking about peace. If you weren't here last Sunday night, I would encourage you to go ahead and and pick up that CD or, or listen to it online. We're going to kind of build upon that. Uh, last week we were talking out of Psalms chapter 23 and uh, the last verse, the last actually verse five of that verse six, actually we'll get there. In verse six, it says this, I'll just quote it to you in the amplified. Surely only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life and through the length of days the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place I'm so glad for his presence and we can dwell in his presence 24 7 well what we were talking about last time was all the things that are on the father's table the father has prepared a beautiful spread a bountiful spread for us. One thing that we looked at that's on the father's table because the Bible says that healing is the children's bread. And I just sometimes like to just envision myself coming and dining at the father's table. And I just begin to see on my, in the inside of me what's on that table. One thing that is there is a loaf of bread and it says healing. If you need healing, you can just come right up boldly and sit down and say, pass the bread, please. If your love walk is getting tempted, and I'm sure every single one of us have had opportunities, maybe even today, maybe even on the way to church. But if that happens, I just see this beautiful bowl, this wonderful dish labeled love. So you just come and say, okay, I'm going to take a big helping of love. And then one of my favorite things that I always see on the father's table is a big jug of joy. To me, joy is not something that we eat in. It's something we drink in because it's like the spirit of God and we drink in of the spirit and it gives us joy and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, tonight, what I want to talk about is something else that's on the father's table and it is a platter of peace. Today, as I was thinking about what I wanted to title this, you know, I talk a lot about peace, but I just heard this on the inside of me. Pass the platter of peace, please. If you don't speak in tongues, if you say that real fast, you know, perhaps. (laughs) Pass the platter of peace, please. Amen. (laughs) So God has peace available to us. This time of year, particularly, there are marvelous, marvelous opportunities to have our peace disturbed. We're not going to start out on a negative note. We will talk about some of those later on. But, you know, there's, it's, there's ample opportunity. We've got the peace of God on the inside of us. But there are peace robbers that come. But thank the Lord, the word of God gives us some criteria that will help us stay in peace. When the storms 
of life come. Have you ever faced a storm? Have you ever faced a difficulty? Well, I got good news tonight. Jesus is the one that calms any storm. Didn't he say when they were in trouble out there on the sea and the storm, the wind was raging. His disciples were concerned that they were all going to drown. They woke up Jesus. And what was, what did he say? Peace be still. So it does not matter how much the wind may be howling. It doesn't matter how big the lies might be coming. It does not matter What people may be saying, we have the one who will speak peace to any storm on the inside of us. And as our responsibility, what we have to do is take what the word of God says and apply it to our life. And we'll walk in that peace. We'll have the peace of God that passeth all understanding, not as the world gives. It's not from people, places, or things. It's from him and him lives in me. So it's settled. We've been given the peace of God, but we have to contend for it. And we have to take the necessary precautions to keep it from being disturbed and stolen from us. Amen. So tonight we'll just jump off here in the word. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. I'm going to be reading a lot of them from uh, the New King James Version. Hopefully they'll get it up there on the screen. But here in Isaiah 26, verse 3 in the New King James, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Verse 4, trust in the Lord forever. For y'all, the Lord is your everlasting strength. Can I get an amen? amen? If you weren't here this morning, pastor was talking about trusting the Lord. Can you trust him? Trust is another way of saying, do you have faith in God? If you've got faith in him, you're going to trust him with every area of your life. In this verse here, verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace. In the Hebrew, it's peace, peace. It's a double emphasis because he wants us to know he's the prince of peace. He wants you to know shalom, shalom belongs to us. Can anybody tell me what shalom means? Shalom, we learned from our good friend, Billy Brim, means nothing missing, nothing broken. It means wholeness. He's saying here, if you will keep your mind stayed up on me, you will have peace, peace. You will have shalom, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, wholeness in your life. Now I want to look at this passage out of the Amplified because it even lays out the conditions and even a, a greater way for us to understand. 
You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. Do you want to have constant peace? You don't want to just have peace when you're in church, do you? You don't want to just have peace when everything is going good. He said, I'll keep you in constant peace. No matter what's going on around you, you can have peace on the inside. This is the condition. This is the criteria whose mind, both its inclination and its character is stayed on you because he commits himself to you. He leans on and he hopes confidently in you. Is that you? Can I get an amen? Can I get a, that's me. I put my confidence in him. I lean on him. I rely on him. I trust him. So verse four. So trust the Lord. Commit yourself to him. Lean on him. Hope confidently in him forever. For the Lord is what? An everlasting rock. What is he? The rock of ages. Glory be to God. So let's look at this here just in a little bit detail. First of all, he said, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. You want to have peace. You have to take control of your thoughts. The prince of peace, the God kind of peace is right here on the inside of us. But our mind is a battlefield. Our mind is where the enemy comes and he tries to bring doubt. He tries to bring fear, but he also tries to bring worry and anxiety. He tries to get you out of peace by thinking on the problem. Anybody in here relate by meditating on the lies of the devil, by looking at the physical symptoms in your body, by feeding on garbage, by watching fear filled junk. Is it important what we think on? Is it important what we look at? Is it important what we say? Even our words that we speak out of our mouth, they are containers and they will either add to our peace or they'll take away from it. Have you ever, maybe I'm the only one, but have you ever said something and it's out there and in midair you're thinking, ah, I'd like to get that back. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. But it's out there. And then you go home and you repent and maybe you apologize to the person, but you don't sleep very good that night because you're thinking, oh, you're in regret. I wish I hadn't have said that. I wish I hadn't have done that. Oh, if I could just get those words back. You know, sometimes the best way to stay in peace is to be quiet. Just don't say it. You know, we've all, these things have come up. People have done things. People have said things. And your flesh will say, give them a piece of your mind. And a lot of times, if we give people a piece of our mind, we don't have any peace of God. 
left on the inside of us. Because it's the flesh. I found a scripture today. I thought, oh, that's good. Proverbs 17, 28. You want to look real smart? You want to look like you're in control and you're a real person full of wisdom? Look at this verse. Proverbs 17, 28 in the Amplified. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is esteemed as a man of understanding. Do you know sometimes when somebody is just ragging on you and they're just going off and and maybe you work in an industry where you know you have to be nice to the customers <laughs> yeah and yet the customer is always right and they're just yeah, 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 yeah. and boy you want to let them have it you want to spit on their cheeseburger you know this not that no insinuation here on the front row but you know <laughs> But this verse says, when they're just out in the flesh. Have you ever seen that? I've been in places and, you know, you you just are like, calm down, calm down. You just see people getting agitated and upset. And I'm thinking to myself, if they had a mirror or tape recorder right now, they would be so embarrassed. They are acting the fool. But this says here, even when a person is acting like a fool, if they'll just shut up. And not say it, they'll look wise. So when somebody is going off on you and you are having to bite your tongue and do the back step and say, I got to go now. But, you know, all these things are coming that you want to say. But if you don't say them, guess what? You're going to look wise. And you're going to they're going to you're going to just close your lips or maybe just stand there and close your lips. And they're going to think, wow, man. They must know something I don't know. Wow. They really got some understanding about this situation. Have you ever seen that? If somebody is just rattling off and perhaps you're in, maybe even in an argument and you're thinking of all these things you could say and you're just, okay, I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to say a word. It's amazing how they just sputter to a stop. Because there's the fuel. There's no fuel if you won't argue with them. There's no fuel if you will just be silent. Our spirit, yeah, no wood. Our spiritual father, Brother Kennedy Hagan, I like this. He used to always say this. The less you say, the less you have to repent of. People used to always talk about how quiet he was. He'd get real talkative when he was talking about the things of the Lord, but he was pretty quiet when it was just chit-chatting and he wouldn't enter into talking about other people because he knew that if I get involved in this, I'm going to have to go home and repent all night long. Now, the Lord said this this way to me today, to keep peace, often you have to hold your peace. Amen. I don't see anybody running around the room yet, but you know, this will help us. This is good stuff. (laughs) Now, another thing that we saw in this passage here in Isaiah 26 that we just read, another thing that it said there, commit your ways unto the Lord. If you want to have peace, acknowledge that he is Lord and commit all of your ways unto him. Psalms 37 verse 5 in the New King James. Commit 
your ways to the Lord. And here's this word trust again. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Great peace comes when we let go and let God. When we say, Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't seem to have the answer, but I am committing everything to you. I'm rolling the whole care of this situation over up on you. There is a prayer of commitment that says, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Now, when it comes to promises in the word, like healing, like him meeting our needs, we don't have to say, if it be your will, because we know what his will is. But there's some things it's not written in the word of God. It's not written in there that says you need to go to Shabbat College. It's not written in there that says you need to go apply over at this other company. But if we commit our ways unto him and we trust in him, we can be led by our spirit and led forth by peace in all of our ways. Amen. There's a good old country song. It's not, I guess it's a country song. I like Carrie Underwood. I was, I was going to wear boots tonight, but they didn't go off my outfit. I'm getting back to my country roots. But she sang this song years ago when she won American Idol. And the name of that song was Jesus Take the Wheel. Yeah. I don't have very much on my iPod that's not Christian, but I do have some Carrie Underwood. And I like that song. Jesus, take the wheel. Did you know life would go a lot better if people would just get out of the driver's seat and say, okay, Lord, I am not a good driver. I shouldn't be taking charge of my life. I'm going to let go and let God, I'm going to give you that place. Do you in my life? There are a lot of bad drivers out there in the natural. We saw some on the way to church tonight. We're like, are you serious? An illegal U-turn. And then somebody at the last minute decides, you know, cross over a bunch of lanes and going to turn. There's bad drivers out there. You got to plead the blood. There's people that are talking on their phone. There's people that are texting. I just saw something recently. I have family that lives in, in the state of Washington. My sister and her brother and brother-in-law pastor there and their three sons live there. And I just saw them posting stuff on Facebook. They passed in November in the state of Washington, our neighbors, they passed that marijuana is now legal. So my nephew was putting stuff on there on Facebook. Okay, didn't we have enough trouble? People are talking on the phone. They're texting while they're driving. Now they're going to be high on marijuana. Jesus help us. So there's definitely bad drivers out there. Real apparent that they're not paying attention to what they are doing. Just like there's bad drivers naturally, there's a whole lot of bad drivers spiritually. They're saying, their theme song in life is, I did it my way. I drove my life right into the ditch, right into this pit, but I was in charge. I messed everything up. I married the wrong person. I did this, I did that, but I was the driver. I was in charge. Listen, if you want to have a good life and you want to avoid roadblocks and chug hose and detours, let Jesus take the wheel. Let him be 
the driver of your life. Not only does it bring peace, but when we say, Lord, I trust you. I'm committing the entirety of my existence to you. Every single area of my life, my finances, my relationships, Lord, everything that pertains unto my life, I commit it to you. Not only will you have the peace of God that passes all understanding, but he will be the one. He will get you to your destination. Many people never step into their destiny. They never come across those divine connections because they're on the wrong road in life. I can just say this out of my spirit. Yes, you're born again. Yes, you love the Lord, but you have not made me Lord. You have not given me every single area of your life. You have not chosen the path of the righteous. You're on the wrong road and you're on the wrong path. And when you're on the wrong road, you're going to miss divine appointments. You're going to miss blessings of the Lord. You're going to miss connections that he ordained. Let's follow after peace. Let's let him rule and reign. Let's let him be the driver of our life yield the right away to him hallelujah be led by him and then another thing i've never you know i've read this verse i love this verse isaiah chapter 26 but i'd never really seen all these points they just jumped out at me the other day another thing that it said there lean not to your own understanding you want to have peace guess what you can't live out of your head. Pastor read this verse this morning, but let's look at it in the Holman Christian standard guys. Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, very familiar, but I like how it says it in this translation. Trust. There it is again. What are we going to do? If we're going to have peace, we're going to have to trust him. If you want to have peace, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not rely On your own understanding. The next verse. Verse 6. I like how it says this. Think about him. Our minds want us to think about everything else. Set your affections up on him. Think about him. In all of your ways. He's not a Sunday morning God. He's not a Wednesday night God. He's an everyday God. And he wants to be involved in all of our ways. Every day. Think about him in all of your ways. And he will guide you where? On the right path. Spirit of God already spoke to us about that. You want to be on the right path. We need to do these steps. Living out of our heart brings peace. Living out of our reasoning and our mind doesn't. That's as simple as it can be. The Bible does not say as many as are led by their heads. They are the sons of God. 
So many people get tripped up. They have a decision to make and they just take out their calculator. They take out a sheet, write down the pros and cons. And it's okay to study out the facts. If you're going to be moving or making a job change, all of that, that's okay. But you can't just figure it out. God is not a mind. Doesn't the Bible say he's a spirit? We want to commune with him. We want to get what he's trying to transmit to us. It's not going to come to your head. It's going to come right here in your heart. There's many things going on in the world right now. I know it's Christmas time, but there's lots of stuff that's going on in the world, in the political realm and, and in Israel and all over the world. And people are getting caught up in their mind. What's going on? What's going to happen? Listen, I don't know everything that's going to happen. I don't know the what, but I'm so glad I know the who. We know the who, and I trust him with all of my heart. I don't brosa Don't you trust him? Hallelujah. He can be trusted. When the foundation of our life is built on him, will have the peace of God that passeth all understanding. You might be going through one of the worst times of your life and be just garrisoned about, just like a cloak, a peace upon you. We've seen this time and time again when somebody, one of their loved ones, maybe an untimely death, they went home to be with the Lord. And of course, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be sorrow. There's going to be loss. But in the midst of all of it, just like overwhelming peace. That what? It passes all understanding. You can't explain it. Why do I have so much peace? Because I have the prince of peace living on the inside of me. One of his names. We'll look at it next Sunday morning there in uh, Isaiah. Yeah. But one of his names is the prince of peace. Oh, hallelujah. He's the counselor. He's the everlasting God. He's the one that paid the supreme price and sacrifice for us to have and enjoy peace. Let's see what our Prince of Peace said to us, to his disciples and to all that would believe on him over in the book of John. John chapter 14, verse 27. Again, we'll look at this in the Amplified. Jesus said this. Peace. Everybody just say peace. Peace. Let's say it three times. Peace. 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 I leave with you my own peace. I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Then listen to this first, this part. Do not let yourselves, your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Oh, this one just always jumps out at me. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed 
And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. This is a power packed verse. First of all, this was one of the last teachings that Jesus did to his disciples before he left. And he wanted them to get this message, even though I am leaving and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I want you to know, even if I am not physically here with you, you can live in that place called peace. He wanted them to see the importance of it. He wanted them to understand it is from me. Didn't he say my own peace? I give to you. Bequeath is not a word that we use much in this day and age, but it literally means to leave or to give by a will. This is his will. Jesus said, I've written out some things in my will that I'm giving to you. I encourage you to get in the Bible, see what you have in him. In him, we are the righteousness of God. In him, we are the healed and we are the whole. In him, we are more than conquerors. The list goes on and on. But one of the things he was highlighting here in me You shall have peace. I am willing it to you. If somebody leaves you something in a will, you get call a call and they say, you know, distant relative died. They didn't have anyone closer. They're leaving you their house. They're leaving you their car. They're leaving you your jewelry, their jewelry. All you have to do is come and claim it. So you go down to the lawyer's office and you claim this house, this car, this jewelry. A few days later, you get a knock at a door from somebody you don't even recognize and they say, well, you know what? I heard that you just were left something in a will. I want you to know that it was a mistake. It belongs to me. What are you going to do? You don't even know this person. I don't think so. I've got the will. It's written. Let me show you. Aunt Susie said that she was willing this to me. This is my name on the piece of paper. Your name's not on the piece of paper. I am fighting for it because it was willed to me. Well, Jesus say, I said, I'm willing you my very own peace. And you know that there are people out there. There's the devil out there. There are things out there that come and they try to rob your peace. Jesus said some of them right here. He named them in the world. You're going to have trouble, 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 worry, fear, anxiety. What are these things? They are peace robbers. And even though Jesus said, I'm giving you my very own peace, peace from above, not peace that the world gives. There are things that come and try to steal that peace. This time of year, there are mega opportunities to be agitated by disturbed people. And he said, stop allowing yourself 
to be agitated. What does that tell us? That tells us it's a choice. It's a decision. Nobody can make you be agitated except you. They can certainly try. They can certainly give their best shot. But we don't have to yield. Oh man, opportunities are going to be there. And I'm not prophesying doom and gloom. There could be a clerk at a store this week. There could be a waiter in a restaurant. Last weekend we were out. We happened to be in a restaurant with some friends. And we just heard a wonderful message on love by Pastor Mark. Now the lady said, the, the waiter was being snippy. Has anybody ever come across a snippy waiter? And she said, I don't think he likes me. But you know what? I'm going to walk in love anyway. That's choosing to not be agitated or disturbed when the opportunity is there. Ooh, this is one that I really have to, I have to look wise and not speak my mouth. But, you know, you've been in a line for quite a while at the grocery store and somebody out of nowhere just comes and tries to cut in line. Ooh, I really want to say the line starts over there. And I will confess a lot of times I have (laughs) let that person disturb me. But you know what? I find more and more if I don't yield to the flesh, I've had this happen numerous times because you know what kind of life we're living fog, the favor of God. So I'm standing there and this person has cut in front of me and maybe I'm just like, Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, another checker will say, oh, I'm going to open another lane. You come over here with me. It pays to stay in peace. The favor of God will show up and show out. Talk about another area. Disturbing people. We already mentioned it. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Disturbing drivers. These people are disturbed, but they're not going to disturb me or hit me. And this is a huge one. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated or disturbed. Christmas dinner. You're sitting at the table. You've slaved over this meal. And Uncle Bert. No, there's no Bert in here tonight. Uncle Bert. Every year pushes your button. And instead of being grateful. Hmm. The turkey sure is dry. The mashed potatoes are lumpy. The gravy is cold. Uh Uh-oh. Opportunity. And the opportunity is not, God just let him choke on the dry turkey. No. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated. We said last week, the opportunity... I'm not going to let them have my peace and I'm not going to let them get me out of love. So if the holidays are a time of major attack for you and you got relatives coming over that push those buttons, I encourage you take time, go through first Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through eight, write it out on index cards, print it out on the computer and go and tape it inside the cabinets in your kitchen. And when uncle Bert starts in, Oh, excuse me, go walking into the kitchen and open the cabinet. Love is not fretful. Love is not resentful. Love takes no account of a suffered wrong. Won that victory. Go sit back down. Time for dessert. 
Oh, this pumpkin pie doesn't taste like grandma's pumpkin pie. Well, excuse me, love is not touching. You have to pass the test. We can pass the test, hallelujah. And we can enter into rest and peace, hallelujah, hallelujah. We don't have to succumb to the test of life. We do not have to be agitated. There are some people that go through life just plain agitated. If they didn't have something to be upset about, they wouldn't have anything to talk about. I mean, just like a spirit is on them. That person doesn't like me. That person said the wrong thing. They treated me wrong. Just agitated constantly. That's no way to live. It'll give you ulcers and it'll keep you out of the blessings of the Lord. I'm so glad when these opportunities arise, we have supernatural help. I want to look at one, probably one last scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 in the Amplified. We have a heavenly helper. He leads us. He guides us. He corrects us. He checks us. He stops us if necessary. From making mistakes, from saying the wrong thing, from severing relationships, <coughs> from sowing seeds of strife. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 in the Amplified. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes where? From Christ. From Christ. Let it rule. Let it do what? Okay, everybody read this with me. (laughs) Let it act as an umpire continually in your hearts. Now listen to this part. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in where? Where? In your minds, in that peaceful state to which as a member of Christ's one body, you are called, so called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. I love how it says this. Let the peace of God act as an umpire continually. What does an umpire do? Anybody ever been to a baseball game? He calls the shots. And often he sees things that we don't see. And it says that umpire, let the peace of God be the umpire that settles issues with finality. And let me give you a piece of advice. Don't argue with the umpire. He's been there. He sees things that you have missed. When our boys were little, we used to go to the Oakland A's games quite a bit. And there was a coach, Billy Martin. Anybody remember Billy Martin? I don't remember much about the games, but he'd get so mad and he'd kick dirt and he'd throw dirt and he'd get in the umpire's face. And more than once, many times we saw You're out of here, coach. He got kicked out of the game. I don't think there was ever a time when he argued with the umpire that they said, oh, okay, Billy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We we were mean. Oh, we were bad. We'll change that call. I never saw that happen. 
happen because they were sure of what they saw. He was on the sidelines. They were behind home plate. They saw things he didn't see. And they were calling the shots. Folks, we have a heavenly umpire. Let him do his job. Let him call the shots in your life. If this wrong thought comes, let him say, you're out. It's out of here. Don't take it. Don't start meditating on it. Listen to your umpire of peace. He'll give you a check. He'll say, don't think on that. If you're watching something and all of a sudden a bunch of junk and filth comes on there and your umpire of peace says, turn it off. Don't sit there and say, well, let's just see. It's kind of funny. No, if the umpire says, turn it off, turn it off. If you're caught in a position and you're just about ready to spew out words that you're going to regret and get in strife. And that umpire of peace says, walk away. Don't say it. Listen to the umpire. Let him settle with finality. What you ought to be thinking on. What you ought to be saying where you need to be going, what you need to be doing. We have a life coach and his name is the Holy Spirit. And we have an umpire and his name is peace. And if we will follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, Get on the path that he has ordained for us to walk in. And as we are on this journey called life, we're letting him be the driver. We're letting him call the shots. And if we get tempted to get on a detour or be distracted and we have that umpire a piece that says, no, it's out of here. Don't listen to that. Don't go there. Don't argue with the umpire. It might not seem like it makes any difference to go that way or to do that or to say that. But the umpire on the inside of us, he knows the entire game. He knows what's going to happen if we make a wrong call in our life. The peace of God. It's on the inside of us. But you know what? There's also the peace of God that's tangible that will come down upon us. Peace from above. The peace of God that passeth all understanding. The Bible talks about two kinds of peace. We can have peace With God, which means we know should that trumpet sound, we're going to be caught up in the rapture. We know if we were to die tonight, we have no doubt we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. That's peace with God. And then there's the peace of God. The peace of God is this. We already know we're born again, but that peace of God gives us the assurance. He's with us. He's leading us. 
He's guiding us. He's looking over us. He's protecting us. I've got peace with God. If there was an earthquake in the Bay Area and I died, I would be immediately in the presence of God. But you know what's even greater than that? I've got the peace of God that tells me I'm protected. He's watching over me. No plague is going to come nigh my dwelling. No evil is going to overtake me. The two kinds of peace. If you're in here tonight and you don't have the peace of God with God, we're going to give you that opportunity. As a matter of fact, everybody just close your eyes. Just begin to just take in that peace. He always, there's always signs following the preaching of the word. And I'm telling you right now, there's just such a tangible anointing. There's a saturation, a peace that's coming down on this entire congregation. While every head is bowed and your eyes are closed, if you're in here and you do not have peace with God, if the trumpet were to sound or you were to drop dead, you do not have that peace with God that you would immediately be in his presence. Raise up your hand. Anybody in here want that assurance? Hallelujah. I see that hand. Anyone else? Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not sure if that hand is up to receive Jesus or praising the Lord. If that's you, come on down here. You want to have that peace with God. You want to have that assurance that you would be in his presence. Perhaps at one time you did know the Lord, but you're not walking in that fellowship, in that relationship. And you want that assurance tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just all stand. Oh, peace, peace, peace. I don't want any movement except for the musicians. Go ahead. The musicians, you go ahead and take your place. But there's There's different kinds of anointings. And right now, there is just such sweet peace. It's the atmosphere of heaven. Do you know the angels aren't anxious? The Father's not uptight about the Christmas celebration. There's peace. There's peace. There's joy. There's love. There's that old chorus that we used to sing. Peace, peace. Oh, you're playing it. Awesome. That just came up in my heart. Peace, peace.